Welcome to the Inside the Journey podcast. My name is Abby. And I'm Haley. And we're so excited to be here again for episode two. Um, Thanks for everybody who listened last week. We're so excited to launch this new project. It was really exciting and and hopefully um, you guys enjoyed the episode. Haley, how has your week been this week? (laughs) I mean, we kind of know, but... Uh... Yeah, yeah, kind of like I've already told you a little bit, but I'll kind of like recap it for the audience in case anyone because it's actually going to be similar to what we're going to talk about today. But I've just been I was so excited. I feel like I was on a high from like releasing the first episode. But I just have felt like very brain fogged the last couple of days and my period is supposed to be coming today or tomorrow. So I've just been feeling a little crampy and a little bit out of it. But this is another thing though that's like why I'm so excited we're doing this is because I actually normally would be just like in such a crappy mood and like not want to do anything but surprisingly I was still so excited to record today and like just chat with you. So in in a nutshell, um no sugarcoating here. The last week has been a little bit not so fun, but we're yeah. hanging in there. How about you? How's your week? How's your week? Been? Yeah. I mean, what's funny is that somehow we are at like the exact same point in our cycles. So we, I feel like all this week have been like DMing on Instagram and being like, girl, I feel you. Like we're both just riding the struggle bus <laughs> over the last like week, but we're here. And I totally know what you mean. Like, yes. I'm still so excited to come and chat. And like, this is, this is such a fun it's it's a creative thing that I feel like doesn't require a ton of effort, which is exactly what I feel like I need right now. 100%. 100%. Sometimes I think that's like the thing in business too. And like, well, you know, I, I actually was talking a lot to a few people that were DMing me about the podcast. And I was saying how we're going to go into business stuff too. And this kind of like coincides with that of like, you're not always going to feel good, but this is kind of the fun part of having a creative business and working for yourself is you get to really kind of like lean into how you're feeling that week or that day. And every, there's always something to do in business, right? Like there's always something to get done. So when you kind of like know the tasks at hand and then know where to put them, depending on how you're feeling, it can be like, it can empower you to be in the right position when you're trying to get stuff done when you maybe aren't feeling so good. Yes, 100%. I know we were like trying to come up with like, what do we talk about this week? Do we go more towards like the fertility side of things or the business side of things? And then I feel like we were just like, what if we just sort of talk about like, how we're feeling and like, sort of give advice on like what things we, we can do or things to keep in mind to help ourselves and then hopefully others who are listening when they're kind of going through a similar phase (laughs) to still stay positive, stay productive and stay like doing Mm -hmm. the things that, that are important. So that's kind of what we wanted to talk about this week. So there's, if you're on Instagram, you've probably seen like the, I feel like it's kind of a trend right now on social media for people to be talking about like cycle syncing, right? Like how to take advantage of the different phases of your cycle to sort of, um, like make the best of, of, of your situation of how you're feeling and, and all of that stuff. And so I, I wanted to do an episode because it's something that I'm trying to incorporate a little bit more into my life, which can be tricky because my cycles are kind of irregular, but as I'm being more diligent with things like tracking my basal body temperature and my hormones and stuff, I'm trying to like 
be a little bit more mindful of how I feel during different phases of my cycle. And I feel like it's really helpful to like be mindful of those types of things. Yeah, definitely. It's like, that's the thing is it's like, it's helpful to just be able to know like your own body and just have that awareness. And like, I know for myself, like I've been doing this kind of like, I haven't, I don't know really the specifics of I've just, I've had an awareness with things. And I think both of us actually use fertility monitors. We use different ones. So we'll let you guys know too. We um, are going to start uploading our videos on YouTube and, um, and in the, in the um, show notes, we'll both link the monitors that we use. If you guys ever want to check out like the stuff that we personally use to track our hormones and stuff, because there's so many different ways to do it. But I totally agree with you, Abby, that like, when you start to pay attention to these things, especially if you work for yourself, you start to not get into that um, chaotic cycle of like thinking you don't know what to do next. You're scared of like, oh, I'm dropping the ball in my business because you're really the only one responsible. So like, I'm excited to talk about this because I think that this is the most empowering thing you can do for yourself in business is start to pay attention to your own personal things like something I don't share a lot about, but I do have ADHD and I, I don't get, I'm not medicated for it or anything like that. So I also like to be so hyper aware of things because I, I used to be medicated and I don't like the medications. So I, it's kind of like that. It's like just paying attention for myself so that I don't feel like I am dropping the ball somewhere in my business when I can just go, Oh, you know what? It's this part of my cycle. And I know that in this time I need a little bit more rest. I'm not as creative in my brain. I'm not beating myself up over it. So I'm excited to talk about that. Yes. That's exactly how I feel, especially during like this phase of your cycle, right before your period we will go. I'm going to start like from the beginning of our cycles and kind of go through, but that's exactly like I feel like I can get so hard on myself during like the luteal phase, PMS, all of that stuff. And then to stop and be like, oh, wait, this is the phase of my cycle that I'm in. This is why I'm struggling a little bit more than I otherwise do. And like, I can just be a little kinder to myself. <laughs> I'm super excited because I don't know any like factual things about this whole like cycle sinking stuff, but I know you have done a little more research on this stuff. So I would love it if anyone doesn't have like a notepad out. I have mine. So I recommend you grab one. <laughs> um, I literally haven't had out because I want to just know <laughs> like the technical things that you say and like maybe make notes of some stuff. Um, so take it away if you can give us the info and then we'll just like have a little banter discussion afterwards because I'll, I'll give you some of my totally. input of the things I've found work for me. Yes. Yeah. Cycle. Feel free to like jump in at any point because like. I'm going to go through each of the phases here and we can, yeah, whatever. Also, I should say, I'm not an expert on this. I, most of what I've learned is from like random people on the internet. So take what I say with a grain of salt, but it does seem like most people seem to agree with like most of the stuff. And I'm going to, I'm going to keep it pretty basic. Maybe in the future, like we could invite somebody on that is a little bit. Yeah. More, like, I was going to say, maybe you have. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe if you even have some resources like Instagram profiles or anything you like, we could leave that in the show notes, but we can always be like, hey, Abby's making it clear. Don't come for her if you're like a pro yeah. at this and she <laughs> yeah. she's just giving you the basics. I'm probably of the gonna get stuff wrong. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's what we and should I'm all actually... all of you should know that about our podcast, period. Okay. We're gonna <laughs> yeah. come at you with things we're that we experts. like kind of know and we're having conversations about this, just having fun with it. 
Yes, I didn't even graduate college, so I'm not an expert in anything. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Barely graduated high school. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so <laughs> so I will say that one of my favorite accounts to follow for this type of stuff for like cycle stuff and just being a little bit more in tune with like your body and specifically with nutrition is Little Ray of Health and Ray is spelled R-A-E. She's like... I'm obsessed with her. I love her. Like, and we're like sort of friends. We've talked a little bit on Instagram and I love her personality. I love literally every single piece of content she puts out. She talks about like this sort of thing, like how to adjust during the different phases of your cycle, but focuses a lot on nutrition too, which is awesome. And like just her aesthetic and like everything I'm obsessed with her. So she's a great person to follow. <laughs> um, but okay. So yeah, let's jump in. So menstrual cycle. You wrote it down. I love it. <laughs> okay. So, um, so we all know, I think for the most part that like your cycle starts cycle day one is the first day of your period, right? So it's the menstruation phase of your cycle. And I guess I didn't write down like how many days these phases usually last. So I'm going to try and just like guesstimate, remember it depends. off the top of my head. It probably yeah. depends on the person. Cause like you with like having abnormally long cycles sometimes like that's yes. another thing that we can touch on is just so everyone knows like I'm someone who has and we'll go into more of this in a future podcast giving you guys specifics on our particular issues because we have totally different yeah. ones I have a regular 28 day cycle so for Must be so number nice. wise <laughs> I kind of I, number wise all the things line up for me but obviously and you guys will hear this in future podcasts we're going to go in depth into like things we've learned of things that are not commonly known by people like you don't ovulate cycle day 14 for every no. person. You don't have a perfect. And this is where a lot of people, I know I'm going to go on a tangent really quick, but like, for example, like luteal phase, which is going to be after you ovulate, you're just trying, it doesn't matter if it's not cycle day 14. What you want to look for is making sure you have about four, 10 to 14 days past your ovulation before you bleed again. That can show that you potentially have, the, the potential to be, to hold a pregnancy also. So we'll go into more technical yes. stuff with that. But I love that you just pointed that out though, Abby, because again, we're probably, she's probably going to speak more on like what these technical terms are and like, but it's like, we can't give you guys specific days because everyone's body is so different. So it, maybe we can give like guesstimations of days of how long yeah. something should last. So if your period lasts more than, I think it's like five days, that's something to take a look at. If it's last yeah. less than two days, that's something. So continue. Yes. <laughs> no, that is such a great point to make because most of the stuff that you, what, like when you're researching this type of stuff, you're going to see people talk from the perspective of like the average 20, 28 day cycle, because that's like the, I don't know, established average, but not everybody's cycle works that way. And like you said, I'm an example of that. Like, I think I'm on cycle day like 41 or 42 right now so like my cycles are yeah. long and that's totally fine that doesn't necessarily like a lot of people have no. long cycles that are still like healthy they're like doing the things yeah. that they're supposed to be doing so just because I, you have I have a long cycle doesn't mean that something's wrong I literally have like a handful of friends that I know that literally barely ever have periods but they've gotten pregnant just fine so this is where yeah. the whole infertility stuff why this is why we're so excited. We have so many things we can talk about because we actually want this podcast to be something where you can come back to and, and understand that we're all going to be talking about the things, but not making you feel like you're doing something right or wrong. 
because that's just not how this stuff works. There's people who right. you can see on paper, all their blood markers look normal, everything, and then they have unexplained infertility. And then there's people you see look like they have everything wrong with them, but they get pregnant in a week. So that's why let's yes. just be okay, be okay with having the open conversation and be excited for what we're going to talk about today, because it's just going to get you. It's not always just to think about how do I get to baby? It's sometimes to think, how do <laughs> I take some ease? Like, how can I just recognize what's going on for my body? So my mental health is a little better. My physical health is a little better. Those kinds of yes, things. Yes, totally. Okay. I love it. This is great. Okay. So I'm going to actually talk about it now. So obviously menstruation, that's the beginning of your cycle. And that can last anywhere from like five to like seven days. Everybody's a little bit different. Um, oh, and a great way. Yes. Oh, no. I'm just, my camera oh. started tracking me. So I had to put my hand up. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Can I it's talk like, now? Yes, Bailey. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, Bailey, you just talked. Shut up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But no, if you guys see me so put funny. my hand up randomly, I have a, 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 whatever you call it, a camera lens thing. And so <laughs> it'll blink and it will track me if I put my hand up. So I have to like put my hand back up. So anyways, sorry. That was so <laughs> funny. I legit thought you were like, <laughs> I have a question. <laughs> I feel like, that's so funny. you. <laughs> okay. So menstruation, that I, a really good way to think of the different phases of your cycle for me is as the seasons. It's like a really easy way to remember like kind of what you should feel like because it correlates like really well. So menstruation, your period, that's winter. So you're most likely going to be feeling slightly lower energy. Um, and people say like, you're a lot more likely to be very like inward turned, like internal, like reflective, you might feel more like inclined to do like brainstorming, planning, journaling, those types of things. Is that kind of your experience on your period? hundred percent. Like, it's like, it's like, you're almost gearing up for the, which I'm sure is the next phase, which yes. is like that creative side, like where you might. So it's like, you're almost more in the creation or like the yes. reflecting side like ideation the, almost the ideas first and then the next phase might be when you implement or you take action on stuff yes yep so exactly that's how you i tend feel to, that's definitely me yes you tend to feel like kind of reflective maybe you're more inclined to like be planning things like that and this again i feel like i don't need to say this every time but like it's not going to be the exact same for everybody like a lot of times for me, I'll feel super low energy and have cramps and stuff like day one of my period, maybe day two. But then after that, my energy starts to go up pretty quickly, even while I'm still bleeding. I think something to note too, is I think what can be really nice about what we're going to talk about, because I think I've heard this with experts talking about it, is it's not even that you can't listen to your body. If you have more energy, go for it. But don't be shocked if you're on your period and you start to feel that energy ramp up, especially coming out of your luteal phase, you might feel yeah. energy, but take it easy. Don't go, Ooh, all of a sudden I'm feeling energy. Let me go balls to the wall, go work out and do all this stuff. Like maybe give yourself yes. time to let the energy pick up Build. and stay level because you might then, cause I, I don't know if you've had this where you get that energy and you think you feel good. And then you kind of set some stuff off that probably wouldn't have gotten set off, like maybe more <laughs> cramps or you get back into a bad mood because you didn't kind of allow your body to just be comfortable in that 
bleed phase and let your body just do what it needs to do instead of trying to push it in that moment. Yes. I love that. And the other thing too, I think to keep in mind with, with all of this and all of the advice with like cycle syncing and stuff that you see online is that the point is not to be like, Oh, these are the things I should be doing during this phase of my cycle. Literally the point is to be mindful of how you are feeling during your cycle. Like I've, I've talked a bit about this on my Instagram before. And I like got a comment from somebody saying, kind of what we're saying, like, oh, everybody says I should feel low energy on my period, but like, I always feel really high energy. So I was like, trying to do like, yoga and just stuff like that. But like, all I wanted to do was like, go for a run or lift weights. And I'm like, then do that. If that's what you feel like your body is telling you to do, then do that. These aren't hard and fast rules. Like, but like I said, the the spirit behind all of this is being more intuitive and being more mindful of what you your body is is trying to tell you (laughs) yeah love that so that is menstruation the next phase of your cycle is spring that's the follicular phase is what it's called and that's when you're going to start to feel those energy levels go up i think this is probably my favorite phase (laughs) of the cycle i think i feel best during like right at the end of my period leading up to ovulation because What's happening with your hormones is estrogen is starting to rise and estrogen is like, we love estrogen. That's the hormone that makes us feel really, really good. Um, so as estrogen Unless you have starts endo, to rise, you might have high estrogen. Oh <laughs> yeah. But I, I'll just, I, I was like, let me add that in real quick. Cause this is something where we're going to actually talk more on this. If, if anyone doesn't know, we'll give, we're going to give more context to our individual issues, but this is why both Abby and I love talking together on this because there's a lot of things that she experiences that are different than me with our different kind of diagnoses. So if you are someone with endo and maybe you have heard that trigger word of excess estrogen, because that's what, what endo women deal with. Oh, it's always, (laughs) it's always, yeah. Like it's always the balance between healthy progesterone and healthy estrogen levels. Yeah. So if you say you have high estrogen on labs, but you also have high progesterone, that can mean that you're equal. But if you're somebody totally. like me who has shown that I have very high estrogen in some cycles and some things, but then I have, I, I also have very low progesterone and very um, low production of progesterone. That's where Same. it becomes a concern. And so I've had, so, but, but you're not wrong when we're talking about the hormone levels, estrogen is what we love. That's the feel good hormone for us yeah. women. It's the excess of it, though, that can cause that you have to watch out for when you have endometriosis, where it's going to cause it can cause excess bleeding and it can be cause more pain and that stuff. So just I just had to throw that in there because of anyone listening in that has estrogen, they may be confused like, wait, I thought estrogen was bad. No, it's not really that it's bad. You our bodies are meant to metabolize our hormones properly. And if we have any kind of autoimmune conditions, that means that there is something faulty in our metabolism of those hormones. So they're literally, these things are not good Good or bad. bad. It's the level it's yeah, it's the balance of them in our body. So this is where, again, what's kind of funny is um, we'll probably share in the show notes, like the different fertility trackers that we both use Um, because that's what has helped me a lot too, is being able to see my levels. And when I've done stuff for myself, I've worked with naturopaths and stuff to, to detox and all that stuff. Well, people can say that's all hoopla, 
Well, when you see it on an actual app of showing you your how, oh, you went from six, your heart, your estrogen being in the 600s to 100, like to the one and twos that are supposed to be at, it can be really cool feedback. So I love that. Yeah, I love that you said that, but I just want to put that in there. No. Yeah. I think that's such a good point. I'm, I'm so glad you said that. So yeah, follicular phase spring. So you're probably going to start to feel more that the creativity is probably starting to go up. You're probably feeling like you want to dive into like new projects, just like with that energy going up, it, you just start to feel good. Like, I feel like during my follicular phase, excuse me, I'm like, I find it easier to wake up in the mornings, like early, um, and I want to be a little bit more social <laughs> and oh, workouts, like doing like yes. higher energy workouts and maybe put, throwing in some more cardio, things like that. I love the follicular phase. I, like I said, I think it's my favorite. <laughs> yes, I totally agree. Okay. So then obviously after spring comes summer and that is ovulation. And something that I think is really interesting in like our culture is that when we talk about like the menstrual cycle, I really feel like it should be called the ovulatory cycle. Like the, because that truly is the big event of your cycle is yes. ovulation. Everything revolves around <laughs> ovulation. Not to say that you can't yes. still be having cycles when you're not ovulating because you can. The technical term for that, what people don't realize is like, that's like you're having breakthrough bleeds. If you're not actually yes. ovulating or you're on, and this is a big one, we'll probably touch on this, but maybe we'll have to get a professional on for this conversation because we yeah. might butcher it or I know I will. Is like people who think that they're having cycles that are on hormonal birth control. You're not having a oh, cycle. Right. You're actually no. <laughs> suppressing all of your natural hormones and you are inducing a fake bleed every single month. Yeah. So yep. in fact, you're actually shutting down your actual ovulation. Some women though do ovulate, you know, there's those people that get right. pregnant <laughs> on birth control, you know? Yes. So it's just, to, this is where we'll both, this is why we want you guys to know, like, we're not coming on here to be experts in specific topics. It's up to you guys to do your own kind of research on extra things. But these are the conversations you're probably trying to have with your girlfriends or just get more information on. And this is the stuff that we kind of nerd out on because yeah, <laughs> it is just a concept that you have to, if you're in the infertility space, you just have to know you have to advocate for yourself. So the more you can kind of have a gut, an idea of how this stuff works, the more you can be in the conversation with your doctors. And if you have a doctor that doesn't even know the basics of these kinds of things or say the basics, you can just know red flag and then you kind of move on to somebody yes. else. Because oh, if you have somebody that point. tells you like, oh, you're ovulating. Well, did you check that? Because again, we'll call probably in other episodes, we'll go deeper into this. But I think in the next episode, we're probably going to go deeper into these things of um, our own individual things and the stuff that we've learned. And I'm just going to throw this in here of like, I've, I learned that I have an issue called LUF, which is called luteinizing unruptured follicle syndrome, where oh. you on, on your fertility trackers and stuff, you still raise progesterone, but the actual rupture of the follicle didn't happen. Doesn't so happen. on a monitor, it looks like you did ovulate. So the only way to detect that, and again, these are deeper steps you'd have to take. It's not where you start. But then that's where in my napro doctor, she did um, an ultrasound vaginally to look yeah. and see if stuff ruptured. So it's just interesting stuff. So 
Don't mean to sidetrack you guys, but then you guys can no, get a little totally. excited for this. These are the different topics we'll talk about because it goes much <laughs> deeper than this stuff. Yes. Yeah. But again, so the much. cycle and tracking thing is a big one to pay attention to because this is going to help you. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I think information and knowledge is power. And especially when you're talking about this sort of thing, when you're wanting help, trying to get pregnant, you can't figure out why you're not getting pregnant. Um, the more you know about your cycles, the like better armed you are with information that you can bring to your doctor that they can then use to help you. <laughs> so yeah, yes. tracking your cycle is really important. Um, oh, and I wanted to say too, that the like bleeding and stuff that you experience on birth control isn't quite the same thing as like having an anovulatory cycle. If you're yes. like that, cause that's, that's my thing. I haven't been on birth control for like over three years, but I still yeah. like, for whatever reason, don't ovulate. <laughs> so, yeah. and even though like I do have periods every once yeah. in a while, you'll have breakthrough, what they call breakthrough bleeds, yeah. but that's why it can, in your situation, it can be so hard because you just don't know when yeah. something's happening. So again, right. this is why I'm ex taking lots of notes because again, there's probably things that you now knowing this stuff, like just so you guys know, we've been doing this ourselves personally for a long time. That's why a lot of this stuff kind of makes quick sense to us. If you're brand new to this, give yourself time, but yeah. there's things that will start to wake you up to go, Oh wait, like, why do I feel this way for this long? Or like, is there something going on? Should I bring this up to my doctor and all that kind of stuff? Totally. Yes. I love, I love all of this. Okay. So ovulation, that's where we're at. That summer estrogen is at its highest when you ovulate. And like, if you are ovulating, a lot of people say that like they feel the best when they're ovulating, when you're in that like ovulatory phase. And it, it usually lasts like, like a couple of well, I mean, ovulation happens only one, like, you know, in one moment. Um, but you are fertile for like, what, like four or five days usually is like a typical They say like window. five to six days you can have a fertile yeah. window for. And that's when you start yeah. to see like egg white cervical mucus. Yes. If, if you have that, I have never if you seen that. But some I was going to say. <laughs> If you have that, then that's put, again, I'm glad. Okay. See, we're going to go, this is just get prepared. Like these There's are so much, <laughs> we're going to have a topic, but we're going to also go on side tangents and it will be helpful for you guys because then it's like, this is kind of how this stuff works. It's like you have to tap yeah. into one thing and then see a different thing, but that's so higher estrogen is usually. So if you're not getting any egg white cervical mucus, that can be a sign to go and get checked for estrogen to see if you are um, low in estrogen, that could be a sign that you're low in estrogen if you're not getting it. Again, though, I'm someone who's very high in estrogen a lot of the time, but I don't, sorry, just how my thing, so I have to do that again. Oh. Um, <laughs> I, um, I'm high in estrogen for some things, but sometimes I don't have a white cervical mucus at all. And sometimes I have excess amounts of it. So I'm like, what the heck is going on? So it's like yeah. just paying attention to those things can be a really big game changer too. Um, there was one more thing that you just said that I was like, it totally makes sense to pay attention to. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Because, because all these things, like we talked about this in the beginning or Abby mentioned it, like we're saying what's technically what's supposed to happen for like a healthy hormone balance woman in these cycles, someone like me with estrogen or with endometriosis and stuff, I actually feel, I can tell when I'm going to ovulate because I feel like absolute 
crap. Like I get migraines. I get a lot of pain. I just instantly feel very like, Ugh. Mm. and then it gets worse in the luteal phase. So, but what's, what's crazy is that when I have had times of working with naturopaths where we're trying to balance my hormones, I do see a shift in that, that ovulatory phase being a, a happy time. So it mm. really does show you that like, you can kind of see like, do you need to do things like find a, a doctor to work with that's going to help you detox and get all your hormones bounced? Because I'm, I'm here to tell you, I've done the medication routes. Nothing's really helped me. And I thought it was all hoopla to like give up alcohol and eat really balanced and all that stuff. And so, and then all of a sudden I feel better when I do that. It helps, but, and don't get me wrong. I'm still that person who will then go back to my bad habits. Like I know you don't drink, but like I do every once in a while. And I'm like, I know this isn't good for me, but sometimes (laughs) when you're stressed about stuff, you're just like, screw it. I just want to be able to be normal and have a good time and do all the things. So no, totally. Everybody has those moments. Yeah. And though, like those things, like alcohol isn't, isn't that for me, but like, um, I'm, I try to like stay away from gluten and I'm, I'm so terrible about it. Like, I just love bread. I love bread way too much. <laughs> so there's no such thing I as a good gluten-free to... bread <laughs> for real. I know. And like pasta and cookies and all, uh, you I can just, convince anyway. yourself it's as good as the real thing, but it's just not, it's not like it's I tell people, they're like, Oh, how you like that gluten-free bed? And I'm like, I tolerate this gluten-free bread. Yeah, I don't like it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So yeah. Uh, now I, I try and do like an 80, 20 kind of a situation, but anyways, <laughs> so ovulation, um, ideally you're going to be feeling good when you ovulate. So it's like the time when you're probably going to feel the most social, your sex drive is probably going to be higher because you're ovulating, right? That makes sense for reproductive purposes. Um, you, you can do things like, host if you're if you're um an entrepreneur similar to like kind of what Haley and I do or a content creator like using this time to do things like hosting classes or webinars or speaking at certain events like this is a really great time for that type of thing because you're feeling that you're feeling like outgoing and like full of energy and and all of that stuff and and doing things that normally would feel really intimidating so even like if similar to us, like you're a content creator, like maybe you feel brave enough to like reach out to like that dream brand that you want to work with or like stuff like that stuff that would normally feel really intimidating when you're in that ovulatory phase, you're probably going to feel like confident enough to like go for that stuff. Yeah. Would you say that like, so in which I, I agree, like, would you say like to kind of recap those three really quick? Like, so would you think that like, menstrual phase might be when you're starting to get energy and think about brainstorming stuff then the follicular phase is like when you are creative and when you are maybe thinking of like and you have like all the game plan and you set stuff in place and then ovulation is when you start taking action on those plans that you made so to bring this all back like business-wise these are the ways that you guys can and like we said you don't if it flip-flops for you in different ways you just pay attention to like getting stuff done and writing down these. I I, I just want to put this out here really quick too, is it can be very helpful if you make a list of what stuff can be done in these phases. So that way you're not trying to guess. Like I'll wait till you get to the very end 
to then, and then we can maybe go through some of like the topics of like the things that we think could be helpful to do in those particular phases. Totally. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Yep. I think that's a great way to think about it. It's like menstrual phase. You're like, is the first like beginning stages of starting a new project. If you want to just think about it in like terms of like one project follicular phase, you start more like actually taking action and creating those types of things and ovulatory is when like the real action like comes in. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I agree. Yep. Love that. Okay. And then the luteal phase. So then what happens after you ovulate is usually like a couple of days after you're, you ovulate that estrogen starts to drop and your progesterone starts to rise in an ideal world. That's what's supposed yeah. to be happening. Um, <laughs> Not for us, but in an ideal world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So in the context of what we were, yeah. So in the context of what we were just talking about, luteal phase is kind of when you want to start like wrapping things up to then prepare for the menstrual phase, which is the start of a new cycle, right? So your energy is going to go down. For me, I really feel like my creativity, my motivation, my energy, like really takes a hit as soon as that luteal phase starts. So, but I like doing things that are a little bit more like, um, like focused work that doesn't require a lot of like creativity in the same set, like energy energy creativity I don't know if that makes any sense but like like for example when I'm filming like in the context of like making videos filming follicular phase I love filming during my follicular phase editing luteal phase if that makes sense does that make sense <laughs> it makes I mean everyone's going to be different I'll I'll probably give you a different opinion on my particular thing but that makes yeah. total sense I know exactly what you mean like where you just you don't you're not in a rush and it depends, and again, yeah. this depends on how you work. Like for me, I do very well kind of putting everything together all in one phase because like for me, my focus goes out the freaking door and lose it. Like I literally almost use luteal phase as a time to completely check out of my business. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like no, I almost totally. use it to do more things like around the house if I can, yes. or like yes. things that need to be done that have nothing to do with business because- yes. Nothing can, and, but I, I get what you mean though, too. If like, if it's you and in business, you have to get stuff done. So especially if you're a right. content creator and you have deadlines, you need to get things done, but you could at least plan ahead of time, knowing that maybe in that luteal phase, if that falls between the time that you need to give a project, turn a project in, you make sure to have a lot of the final stuff done and prepped so ahead of time. Just, and like, then you just are plugging things. In. Yeah. You do finishing touches, plug things in around that time. It takes very minimal effort. Yes. Because it can be also, it's a great way, especially if you do stuff with social media, one of the best things you can do is be very open with your audience. And so if you make it clear that like things are going on for you and that, you know, this is the phase where, or maybe you'll be getting back to people a few days later than you normally would. I've, I have found that people really aren't as demanding as you think they are, but people want like common respect. They don't want you yeah. to say, oh, let me, I'll, like, don't blow smoke up people's, I don't know if we should cuss on here, I don't know, but You're don't fine. blow smoke, um, because I'm like, do we need to make it explicit? We do, I, I mean, not Abby as much as me, but I'm a cusser, so I apologize if I, like, I, I'll try and keep the F-bombs down, but um, I don't think I've cussed once, so I feel no, like. I don't think I'm you have. Like, You're doing great. But I know, good job. <laughs> um, I, it's like, you just don't want to be 
pretending that you can do things that you can't. Most people, I think nowadays want that permission to feel like things are normal if you don't show up like a rock star. However, you, you know, your business is only kind of as good as your word. And especially when you're trying to work with brands, they need to know that you will take their projects seriously. So it can be this again, it kind of all comes full circle of why this stuff for us women can be like almost our powerhouse. It can also, you know, for any of you guys that are in, yeah, for any of you guys that are in relationships, this can be a really great tool too to start being in better communication with your spouse. Like instead of letting these emotions just run your life, you know, like, I mean, I've been with my husband now uh, like 12 years. And I mean, as much as like, I would take things personal when he'd be like, Oh, what are you going to start your period or something? Like he was just being like immature about stuff, but he also didn't, but if, oh, if he said that to me in my follicular phase, I'd be like, oh yeah, whatever, dude. He said that to me in like my luteal phase. Oh my God. I would yeah, fall the and then punch yeah. him in the throat. I'd be like, <laughs> what? Why would you say that? And it's, it's, it's not wild. me. And I will, I will say this too, because both of us experience low progesterone. This is just something to be mindful of that if you do find your luteal phase is just miserable that is another sign to maybe bring up to your doctor to have your progesterone checked the ideal time to have it checked is seven days past when you either confirm ovulation if you're doing it um like i what do you use mira yeah is that the brand you use is that what it's called so so abby uses mira i use inito they both kind of do the same thing but they just a little bit differently um yeah yeah um, I don't, have you ever done like a video on how you do yours or like a YouTube or anything? Um, no, not like a super in-depth one. I'm planning on, on film. Cause I was going to say, if you like plan on doing one, maybe we can, maybe we can leave something like that in the show notes for you guys at some point, whether we do it right after we post this, or maybe we update the show notes where yeah. you can see, I, I just did one for the, for the company of my in-depth oh, nice. chart on YouTube. So if you make one, maybe we can have that for you guys to both, you guys can check that out and see the different things. Um, and we both work with the company. So we have like discount codes. If any of you guys are ever wanting things, you can let us know or check out our stuff. But when you want to get progesterone checked, I'm just going to throw this in here in case any, because I'm sure people will ask. Um, and we'll probably do a, a podcast individually where we talk specifically about when to test stuff. Cause that's another Ooh, big that's one. That's a good idea. Yeah. You'd be shocked how many doctors, especially just general practitioner OBGYNs, this is not to throw shade at them. It's just, just be mindful. This isn't their specialty. Fertility isn't their specialty yeah. most of the time. So this is yeah. why just don't get mad at the doctor. Just know who you're asking advice for from about yes. what. But if you want to get your progesterone checked to see where those levels are, the ideal time is seven days past ovulation or seven to nine days past a peak reading on an LH test. If you are just testing luteinizing hormone or if you're using an app like the one Abby or I use, I'm pretty sure yours and mine, they both confirm ovulation by showing progesterone rise. Progesterone. But most, if you do OPK tests and stuff like that, where you're just peeing on an OPK test to see the two lines- Yeah, that's just going to show you if your LH spikes, but that does not confirm ovulation. The rise of progesterone is what confirms ovulation. So if you need to go, if your doctor's like, fine, we'll check your progesterone and it's only cycle day three, 
you know that doctor yeah, no. what they're talking about because there's no <laughs> point in you getting your progesterone checked on that day unless they want to see where your levels are at starting at the beginning your of your cycle. cycle. Yes, totally. Yeah. yeah. Hundred percent. Yes, I think that's yeah, that's all really great advice. And and again, like we said this before, but like this is why tracking your cycles is like super important. And I know that like getting something like an Inito or like a Mira device, like they're a little bit of an investment. I don't know how much the Inito costs, but like the the Mira is like I don't know, like a hundred and fifty bucks, something like that. It's like not that's cheap. about that's about how much the Inito is in. I know um, with my with my discount code, you get fifteen percent on the certificate. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm sure you have like the same kind of yep. discount code. Yep. <laughs> just had to be cheesy, put it in there. I love that. But no, they, this that. is the way I like to look. At, this is the way I like to look at it, though. Is and then the and then the test strips are about like fifty dollars for each cycle, right? Like a yeah. bit. But and I'm not saying that people have to invest that kind of money. However, no. if you're deep into the infertility stuff or you're deep into trying to figure out what the frick is going on with your hormones, you're spending that much money on blood labs. And at, yes. well, let me just put this up here too. This is urine testing. So it's not comparable to right. blood. It's not blood testing. So if, yeah. if you see like, well, why is my progesterone this on my urine stuff? Like, for example, like um, if your urine tells you one a number, it's not going to be the same as blood. Blood's going to, no. for specifically progesterone, progesterone is going to show much higher, usually a higher number. It's, it's, it's using different kind of um, metrics. So don't yes. try and compare your blood and urine. However, when, and I don't know if you've gone through this, but I've gone through it many times when your doctor wants to monitor your hormone levels post ovulation or in the beginning, you have to go which in is for cycle so day three, labs. you go in, yeah, you go in cycle day three to get like your FSH, all these, these certain hormones done. Then you go into, um, when they confirm that you've, or when you've ovulated, ovulated, then you go in for cycle day four, cycle day five, cycle day six, cycle day seven, cycle day eight, cycle day nine for some doctors, not all doctors will do that many, but that's how many I've done when I've done wow. stuff. And then, and this is just what I'm here to tell you too. I've, I've gone through IVF if anyone doesn't know that. So what can be very disheartening is if you go and spend like there's things, and I'm, I try not to be bitter about this, but there's things I have found out now that I have very, like I've, I found out that I have severely low DHEA. That's a very critical hormone in your body. I think it's like considered a hormone. You don't ever want to supplement with it unless you're being tested for it. But I found out that my labs came back, and this is after I did IVF, that they were severely low. You know how mm. mad that made me? Yeah. That they but I wasn't doing all that. these, they didn't even test that. And so who knows if that would have made a difference. But everyone I've talked to is oh, like, yeah, if, you're, if your thing was that low. So in my opinion, yes, does it seem like a bit, of, it's a lot cheaper than IVF because there's a yes. lot of things that you might be able to find out that might be going wrong that you might want to fix first before spending all that money. Yes. Going into I IVF. totally agree. Not to mention that it's like so much more convenient. Like you were just saying, like oh. tracking your hormones, going into a lab, like and going in like picked. every single day, like, Oh, no one yeah, likes the to have their draws. blood drawn. It's the worst. Yes. I totally yeah. agree. I agree with you. I think it's like worth the investment and obviously not everybody is in the, like a situation to be able to, swing something like that but if you can and if you're, I really do recommend it if you're not another good alternative I'll say is if you can find a napro doctor we both have experiences with mm -hmm. napro doctors majority of them teach the Creighton method which is a, oh, a yeah. cycle charting thing I'm not gonna lie 
and I'm kind of a little nervous to go into my next doctor's appointment because I have a surgery coming up and I have to go check in. I do not track with that freaking thing because I it just I it's it. too cumbersome. It's I hate yeah. it so much. I it yeah. overwhelms me. So this is another thing. Give yourself permission if you. There are some people, and I've watched them. There's some people, like I've watched some YouTube videos or people that I've listened to on podcasts that are on infertility journeys, and they they just won't give up. Oh, they love it. But I think because yeah. both of us, both of us have been on this for quite some time, like coming up on four years, and or I'm on four year. I think you're coming up on four years too. Yeah. Uh-huh. And when you've done it this long, you just have to learn surrender at some point. And I, and this yeah. is the thing: everyone's journey, you guys, is going to look so different. So this is why just be so mindful if you're listening in and you're not an infertility warrior, but maybe you're trying to support someone going through infertility. You have no idea what they've already done. You have no idea what they'll do in the future. If someone just needs a break, you d- please don't be like, that. no, you can't give up. Listen, most of us, especially we have this deep desire in our heart to have a child. Trust me, we're not giving up, but it, it's not the end of the world to take a couple months off to just be yeah. like, I don't care about any of this. Yeah. I don't, I don't care. Anymore. I, I, I don't have taken longer than a couple of months. Like I f- am finally tracking my cycles again for the first time really in like over a year because I just like, couldn't do it anymore. It was like yeah. exhausting and like peeing on the ovulation strips and they're always coming back negative and like all yes. of that stuff. I was like, I just can't do this anymore. Like it was exhausting. Yeah. And people love it. Like the Creighton model, the Creighton model is mostly where you're tracking um, cervical mucus, cervical like, mucus, write down like the consistency of it, the color of it, like how much of it there is. It's like, it is extensive. And I tried to do it for like a few weeks and just, I, I could not do it. It like drove me insane to, and you have to do it every single time you go to the bathroom, which like some people, every time that. and yeah, after some... the shower, you're supposed to do it after you get out of the shower. Oh, that's, I forgot yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I forgot really about that part too. I, I tune out a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where my, I, I was going to say, I was going to like, show my chart on camera. Oh yeah. So like, like I said, some people like love it. Like the, the, you, I did like a little meeting with like a coach to help me like figure out how to track my cycles. And she's like, I've been tracking my cycles this way for like eight years and I love it. And I was like, that is great for you. I could never like, <laughs> which is why we're kind of telling you guys. So I'm just going to show you. So this is like oh, an example of the thing and you literally mark it with like For those watching all this stuff and it looks like yeah and i mean this is an old one but okay and then like you put i'm not going to explain whatever yeah the little is, but you can kind of yeah you can kind of get an idea of like this and again i we're not we're just giving you guys our honest opinions of like what's happened for us um but if you are somebody who really likes to see data and you need to prove to your doctor things might be going wrong, trying something like this can be a game changer. But if it's not for you, don't stress yourself into thinking it's going to make like this can this Either can way. be very because I've I will say this. I used to think this was a bunch of hoopla. There's been a lot of things that I have figured out about my cycle that no blood work or anything could have ever found out. Mm -hmm. So this is invaluable information. It's just, if you do catch yourself getting overwhelmed, be okay with taking a step back. Yeah. And another great suggestion too, for cycle tracking is 
tracking your basal body temperature, um, which I actually really love doing, especially because I got a temp drop. This is the other thing that I use to track my cycles, which is this is it's so cool. It's like a little armband that you wear at night that tracks your temperature all throughout the night. And then when you wake up in the morning, you just like sync it to your phone first thing. And it has it calculates like an average of what your basal body temperature was throughout the night. And the reason that this works is because after ovulation, like a day or two, usually after ovulation, your temperature will go up, your internal body temperature will go up just like ever so slightly um, with that rise in progesterone. And so when you're tracking your basal body temperature, it's just another way to like track and see that like things are happening in your body. Obviously it's not like going to confirm that you ovulated, but it's another, just another piece of information of evidence to, to track things. So like, yeah, yes. I, I really love using my temp drop and I love doing the, the armband one be rather than like using the thermometer in the morning. Cause I think using no, the thermometer do in that. the morning is a big pain in the butt. <laughs> it's very, it's very inaccurate. If you do the thermometer yeah. in the mouth, you have to make sure you do not talk first. You don't drink any water. You don't move. You can't get out of bed. Um, yeah. That's what I was going to say. The, the temp drop, or I actually was one of uh, my, one of the girls who follows me on Instagram was so kind that she reached out and she got pregnant and she was like, I have an Ava bracelet if you'd like me to send it to you. So I think an Ava oh, bracelet wow. is similar to a temp drop, but yes, I don't know, but similar. that was so kind of her to send me that. And it's basically just a bracelet you use and you wear and it monitors your heart or your, uh, your temperature, your um, temperature. But I will say this just so, and then this is another thing that the basal body temperature can be helpful for is I also, okay, we're going to be rolling out all the issues Haley has, <laughs> but this, another issue I have is, um, thyroid issues. I have Hashimoto's yeah. and I actually discovered that, um, in the beginning when I was doing just, um, regular temperature in my mouth, I always have very, very, very low temperatures. Like I'm talking mm. like 95s, 96s. And I oh. always have very cold feet and very cold hands. And so that was a sign that made me go get my thyroids checked or thyroid checked. And I'm going to just plug another thing. Make sure if you go to a doctor and you get your thyroid checked, you're not just testing TSH, you're testing a full thyroid panel, which when we go yeah. into the testing um, podcast, we'll talk all about that kind of stuff. Totally. Are you hearing Coda whining in the background? I'm sorry yeah. if you can hear him like squeaking in the back. He's been doing it the whole time and it's driving me insane I know. and I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's so funny because I'm like... I don't know if I'm hearing him or it, but I'm like, you're, you're, you're putting on a good face. Cause if, if that was my dogs right now, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, it's driving me <laughs> but insane. Luckily, one's, been in one's medicated. Such a mood. Yeah. He's been in such a mood. He went to the groomer two days ago. And after he goes to oh. the groomer, he is like, it like puts him in the worst mood. So he's like really not happy with me. Oh, poor <laughs> he's they do. I'm, I'm so sketch about groomers i'm like what did you do to my dog <laughs> i know this is it's they're a good groomer they do a, a good job is he in he a crate like, right now or is he just no is he in well, a crate so he's not no no <laughs> he's, he's just upset <laughs> he's just really upset i love you you're like come here no come here oh my god he's actually out yeah Oh my God. I'm dying right now. I thought you had him like locked in a bedroom or something. No. <laughs> and that's no, why he was crying. He's like staring oh out the God. window crying because look, he got shaved. He is. 
Oh, buddy. Sniff the microphone. Say Hi. hello. I know. Everything's okay. Aww. I promise. You're fine. Oh, great. Here I comes think he mine. like he like feels like vulnerable or something because he got shaved. I don't know. Like they could see my they could see my private parts now. I'm not. Will you shut up if you just sit on my lap? Will that help? So yeah, Sarah if you've been listening like hearing high. my dog squeaking in the background, that's yeah, you can that's we have to medicate her because she's so highly anxious. But oh, she has anxiety. We try to do all the training. Like they basically told us one time, they were like, this is just, she's a very serious dog. Like they would took oh. her back to do blood work. And they were like, she definitely does not. She's the very opposite of most dogs. She doesn't like to be consoled or like babied it's almost like just get it done like they told us they were like yeah we just basically instead of like petting her and trying to calm her down we just stuck her in with the needle that they needed and she was fine but when we tried to pet her and like make her calm she was like and she like gets annoyed and i'm kind of the same way i'm like don't like if if i'm getting we'll we'll, we'll bring it back to like blood draws and why we think if fertility tracker after way better. Wow, what a great if I'm sitting there, if I'm trying to get my blood drawn and someone's like, so how's it going? I'm like, shut up. I don't need you to know my life story. Like, just hurry up and take the blood. Like I get more anxious if that they sit so there funny. and like try and talk to me. So I guess I got the perfect dog for me. Yeah. She's just like mother, like daughter. Me That's reincarnated. So exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. I have to show you this. Hold on really quick. I have to show you guys this. Okay. My mother-in-law sent me a card that says, positively the most wonderful like mom happy mother's day from her my father-in-law and she put hawk and sarah in there and she got me these like pajama pants they're too small for me (laughs) but i'm like it has little dogs on it and i was like oh my god i have my mother-in-law is like the sweetest human being in the entire (laughs) world like she's just all i always so considerate and like she's like i don't know when your surgery is but I'm like, but it's funny because I think she got me pajamas because she's like, oh, you can probably relax. Well, you could these. like wear them in the hospital. But yeah. they're way, t- they're way too small. So there's no way. But I'm like, I, instead of telling her that and like trying to get a return for a bigger size, I'm like, I actually, I want to use these as sentimental value. So I probably won't even totally. wear them because anything I wear, dog hair gets covered in and everything. So yeah, but I just had to show you that. <laughs> That's very cute. Okay. We'll try it. You just hang out on my lap. Okay. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. I love it. It's so cute. This is why I want a small, I want, I need it. So I am trying to convince Kyle to let me get a small dog and I want to name him Cornelius. <laughs> That's so cute. I so then we have that. these two badass dogs and then we have Cornelius. A little tiny. Right. And I, and Kyle's like, I love that. Kyle's like, cause the way I said it, cause he wants another Dutch shepherd. And I was like, or he wants a Dutch shepherd. We have two, both of those are Malinois in case anyone's watching. Um, uh-huh. But he wants, he wants a, um, like, he just likes the big dogs. But I'm like, dude, if we, we go camping all that, there's no way we can fit a third dog on our bed. They both sleep with us in our beds. Yeah. And yeah, so when me. we go camping, we have a rooftop tent. So he, we can't have a third big dog up there. And so no I was way. like, come on. I was like, we'll just get one. We'll get a small one. And he's like, fine. But if we get it, like, I'm not carrying it anywhere. And I'm like, oh, shut up. You're going to have a baby Bjorn strapped to you. And you're totally going to wear him when we go Classic. on cat- hikes. Yes. hundred percent. That's so funny. And I'm just I like waiting for that, that day. That would be so good. My, ideally, I would love a, I would love a little Corgi named Cornelius, but I've heard Corgis can have like problems. 
Yeah. Oh, corgis are so funny. There are some corgis that live like down the street from us and there there's two of them and they're just every time I see them I just laugh cuz they're like the funniest looking dogs. I think they're so they funny. They are. Them. <laughs> and they think they're badass too. They're just like yeah, they do. they're like all buff yeah. in the chest, but then you're like <laughs> I so love it. Okay. So get Welcome to That's another tangent, tangent, guys. That's another thing you're gonna you're gonna see us go on tangents a lot about. Who knows how much of that I'll keep in, but I know, right? <laughs> but I think I I honestly think that like I know for me, I mean, you guys can let us know if you like if you listen to this part and you engage with us on the Facebook group. Like, do you like the little bit of like humanized tangents? Because I don't know about you, but when we I listen to podcasts, like some of my. Minutes. Some of my favorite things are when people just talk like honestly about things that like I can relate to. Like, I think I told you this last time, like kind of plug for like one of my favorite podcasts. There are these group of guys called Mind Pump and they literally start their podcast off with just talking about real life and what situations they've gone through and all this stuff and how their week was gone and all these things, lessons they're learning. And then they'll go into the fitness questions. And so, and then they'll tell people, you can skip to this part if you want to hear the fitness questions. But every time I now, I used, when I was a personal trainer, I listened to the fitness questions. Now I'm like, now I just want to hear you guys' banter. And then I shut it off. Just want to listen to you talk. (laughs) I know it's fun. It's, I think that's something that's fun about podcasts is you just kind of like feel like you're hanging out with like friends, which I I like. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I, I mean, I think we went over a lot of really great stuff today. Like I think in this episode... Um, you know, like we said, we, we do want to keep things a little bit, um, not just go into one from one topic to another topic. So I know that we plan to have, um, a few more episodes coming out with like dips. So we probably touched on a few things. And if you want more information on certain things, don't worry. We've, we're definitely going to do a more of a deep dive into like our own personal diagnoses and how we found stuff out and, um, I definitely think it'd be great. I actually have a YouTube up, but I could probably revamp it, but we could probably put it in the show notes of whenever we do one, uh, where I talked about the exact tests I got done way back before I did oh, IVF cool. and like what days I did it and all that kind of stuff. But this is like this kind of conversations we can continue to have and, and speak on it more. Yeah. So we'll probably do an episode on that, on like testing specifically too, because that could be yeah. really helpful i think especially someone who's in the thick or just starting their process of infertility they might just be like okay i just want to know the facts yes yeah totally yeah and yes we can talk about all that kinds of stuff and if you guys want to like participate more if you have specific questions to ask um go join the facebook group we're gonna have all we're gonna make posts like every week that's like a discussion post for each episode. So if you go into the Facebook group, you can like comment on that week's discussion post and like ask questions, throw in your input, say, Hey guys, actually you got this wrong. Like <laughs> you're welcome to correct us yeah. when we get things wrong. Yes, um, please do. Or input like, yeah, your own experience, stuff like that. So we'll, the link to the Facebook group will be in the show notes as well as I'll throw in our like, um discount links for you have one for in Inito and then I have one for Mira and for Temp Drop. So if you guys yes. want to check that stuff out, I'll throw those in the show notes as well. Yes, that would be great. Yeah. And always just always feel free to check the show notes um because that's where we will definitely make sure to just have like extra stuff added as resources that you can go and check out while you're waiting for the next week's podcast. <laughs> next to come <laughs> yes. And be but sure this was to fun. like 
leave a, a review, a rating, yes. um, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And I actually think that I got it on um, like Amazon Podcasts, whatever that's called too. Ooh. So if you listen to podcasts on there, mm. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Exciting. If that's where you're listening from. Um, okay, awesome. Thanks for joining us. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.